Field, both of your hosts in the same room, back like we never left. Uh, we are recording from Fort Wayne. I am Will. With me is Conair. 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 Conner Hardy in the style of Sebastian Allaire. <laughs> That's um, why I said it like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I we fi- were trying to figure out how to say his name before we started here. We had to. So we could sound like just like a goal professional podcaster. Um, exactly. If we're going around and we're saying the name wrong. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time, certainly. I'm pretty sure I... I don't know. I think I mispronounced... Well, St. James uh, versus St. Mary's. I mean, yeah. there are, I'm, I've made plenty of mistakes, too. So, um, I mean, we're a bunch of... We're, 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 we're two Americans that have never been to Europe talking about an English sport. So Yeah, an English sport that... I mean, I've never gone to see a game. Have you? Of what? Like, Premier League soccer. Well, we've never been to Europe, so no. Oh, you've never you've never been to Europe? No, no. That's why I just said we've never been to Europe, and the two of us are qualified to talk about this. You like spent some time in Germany or something? I was I thought. No. Oh. I've only been to Australia, Africa, North America. Australia. Australia. <laughs> All right. Anyway, now <laughs> with that really long introduction, let's get into everything that happened this week, this weekend, some crazies, some yeah, zany so, events. Where do you want to start? First, first game of the weekend, Liverpool-Sheffield? Yeah, sure. Um, wow. First time that Liverpool looked bad? I don't know if bad is the right word. Yeah, they've. I mean, they, uh, I think it was the first kind of... Mm, I want to watch what we say here because... See, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to say first time because yeah. Liverpool have far, been far from the dominant team that they... Their record as shows. If you and just again, look at the standings, yeah, right, I don't, you, I don't want to be, be a, I don't want to be a hating on Liverpool podcast, but like, if we look at their schedule, pretty comfortable win against uh, Norwich, yeah, uh, decent win away against Sheffield or Jesus Sheffield Southampton, <laughs> um, win against Arsenal, pretty comfortable win against Bournemouth or Burnley, Burnley, oh my goodness, Sorry. Uh, comfortable win against Newcastle, fairly comfortable against Chelsea. Chelsea yeah. made a push, but like. They were in the like driver's Liverpool, seat for yeah. most, most of the match. And so this was one where, um, again, Liverpool first shot on target was the goal from Van Alden, which um, goes down to a howler from Dean Henderson. If you haven't just seen it, it just goes brutal right through him. Kind of the classic goalkeeper howler. Down off his hands, off his chest, down off his back of the legs. And then, maybe, yeah, in between. Um, and so complete howler, and that was the one goal in the game, and that was Liverpool's first shot on target. And... Um, that kind of was the big story, is that Liverpool, not at their best, still getting three points on the road in the Premier League. Hard to do. Eight, uh, mm. or not 18, 21 points from yeah, 21. Yeah, 21 points. Um, but again, yeah, like you said, um, first kind of comprehensive game where they haven't really looked great. Yeah. And again, this is, this is coming from the position of being 
them being 21 points from 21 and literally not having lost yet. So you kind of have to right. you kind Everything of have to has nitpick that at little things. Yeah, but um, just in general, this was this was kind of uh, you you figure a tough game for Liverpool teams of the past, just because Liverpool are kind of known for not winning the Premier yeah, League bottling and kind it a of, little yeah. bit. <laughs> um, which again, as a Spurs fan, is kind of funny to call them bottlers. But um, <laughs> but it, it was kind of interesting. Uh, to see them struggle away at Sheffield United, who again Sheffield have caused problems, but um, this I'd say this was definitely definitely Liverpool's kind of weaknesses being exposed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that was that was I think when we opened that the game when we started watching it was we wa- we opened we watched, it right yeah, before Liverpool right scored. before the Wijnaldum goal, so we didn't really get a sense of I mean I didn't get a sense. Uh, I know you watched the highlights of that game. I have not. Um, of just how they looked. Um, but 70% possession. I mean, it, right. it's one of those games where you are succeeding everywhere, but like that final third or even really that final sixth. Um, and yeah, Dean Henderson, as we said, I think in live time, I was like, that's like the De Gea yeah. goal against, or the, the, the uh, De Gea howler against Portugal in the World Cup, right. for those of you who exactly. remember that. Yeah. Just... It's one of those things where, in any other circumstance, it's a save, and for it to just squeak, squeak through yeah. and is it, brutal. And you could see it on his face the whole time. I felt horrible. For well, him. yeah, it's a real shame because he's been very good for Sheffield United mm-hmm. again. He's on loan from Manchester United, um, second year, I believe. Yes, and he's there. he's kind of gotten them to where they are. He's a very well, you'd say, stable goalkeeper. But mm-hmm. um, again, it's a mistake like that where, I mean. It, it happens to every goalkeeper, and you mm, look at some of the yeah. best goalkeepers in the world, like Thibaut Courtois. And like, Joe Hart. Yeah, exactly. Like this, Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Like Rob Green versus the United States 2010 World Cup, if we're mm-hmm. going to go back that far. But like, just in the circumstances it was at home against the league leaders Liverpool, to like have that happen, it just is amplified at times 100. And yeah. it's, it's a real shame. But uh, I'll take to your point of Liverpool, again, bossing possession, kind of just missing that final third. Uh, which again happens to every team, and that's oh, yeah. that's the difference though is them able to be getting or them being able to get three points out of that, versus when a lot of these other clubs like Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal, um, you've already seen examples of that this year. Spurs, I mean, pick any game out of the past five. <laughs> Arsenal against Watford, um, Chelsea, I mean, again, kind of yeah, just pick, any, pick game, any game like mm-hmm. Liverpool, the thing like that. But like when they're in trouble. You see them draw, lose, drop points versus Liverpool. They were in trouble. They got a goal. I mean, again, fortunately, from but... dubious circumstances, but they got the. I mean, they put the shot yeah. on target. They put it. They put Dean Henderson in a position to make that mistake. So, I mean, you can commend all of that. You can commend the way that they did play to create the chance, even if you don't necessarily want to give them credit for the goal itself. Right, and um, so Liverpool again surviving top of the league, still twenty one points. Um, and we'll get to our relegation stuff later, but I still got You got to give tons of credit for Sheffield United. They won't yep. really come up in that conversation yep. based on how they've how they've played so far, getting getting points so uh, from positions again. This was not a position where they did, but getting point away at Chelsea. Um, I know away at Bournemouth um, opening yeah. day, just like yeah. points when you really wouldn't expect them. to. They just and, sort of find them. Yeah, I would say especially with the Bournemouth with the Billy Sharp goal, like burned into my head a little bit. They. 
they're in the right positions. You know, we just we just said that about Liverpool, but like so much of staying up is being able to make those last ditch plays, being able to press or create situations that cater to chaos, and they do that. Um, right, and it's it's a lot of these are kind of the tougher games where you see a lot of mm-hmm. these teams dropping the points. Um, yeah. And so I, I thought that they were going to be the worst of the three that got promoted, and so far they've looked the best. And so, um, again, we're only seven seven match days in, so we'll see. But um, I've been pretty impressed with them. And there's still got to be a lingering relegation thought kind of in the minds of any newly promoted team. You're never really safe until you're, you're probably three-quarters of the way through the season. Um, but definitely the start that they would have wanted. And um, Chris Wilder has got to be very thrilled uh, mm-hmm. with the results that they've been getting. Um, speaking of thrilled with results, I am sure that you are relieved to see Spurs come away with a win in a very strange game. Yeah. Serge yeah. Aurier with a red card. We talked last week about how great it is to have Serge back, and the duality of Serge <laughs> is that he is contractually bound to get a red card whenever you say something nice about him. Spot on, yeah. Uh, again, later on we'll get to the... Re- not recap, but we'll touch on what happened in the week beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, just with Spurs losing to Colchester away in the Carabao Cup. Um, but that has kind of capped a horrendous stretch of results. With losing to Colchester, losing to Leicester beforehand, um, drawing to Olympiacos after having a lead pegged back, yeah, beating Palace, but then before that, losing a lead at Arsenal. Just a ton of kind of fatal collapses or just losing points and i mean the questions have rightfully been asked about the manager the club the players i mean everyone it's kind of fallen on the brunt of it and so coming back home southampton um coming to the tottenham hotspur stadium uh kind of needed to be three points and so uh we didn't get a chance to watch any of these uh 10 a.m games we were actually driving up to ann arbor uh, together but we were keeping to watch an another on. team win <laughs> right exactly who had also been disappointing um but um we were keeping close tabs and watch the highlights afterwards and so um spurs of course going up in dombele scoring um a rather fortunate goal kind of went right through angus gun but um might have been a deflection we saw that anything yeah um but nonetheless in dombele's presence being felt uh he wasn't really a goal scorer at leon um but He's kind of not taken on that role because he's only scored two goals so far right. this season. But he he's, is he's, he's been taking out his chances when he has right. Him. But he's there's a little bit more of that threat than I had expected, and yeah. so that's that's definitely been good to see. Good to see that goal. Um, and then, as you mentioned, just two quick yellow cards within four minutes from Serge Aurier, who again, as we mentioned, has just been he's been he's been playing well. It's good to see him back in the side. Pochettino, he'd kind of fallen out of favor with him, um, and he. So much to the point that Sissoko had been playing right back in a lot of untraditional positions. Um, but it was good to see Aurier back in the team. A little bit better play, a little bit better from the right wing. Um, but this has always been the problem with Serge. He brings quality, but he also brings uh, kind of a rash side to him. And so uh, he's definitely the kind of player that gives away a penalty. Or mm-hmm. as we saw today, or uh, this weekend, just two quick boneheaded yellow cards. The second for just pulling back Nathan Redmond in a position not close to his goal mm-hmm. and just rightfully sent off and 
what was that like the 30 something minute yeah um and so sissoko found himself right. back sissoko at right back had to, had to go back and and play and so um it was kind of kind of a position again for me just kind of keeping tabs with the bit major updates of the game and not being able to watch it at the time but it was kind of just like a here we go again one no right, lead right. pegs back one one down to 10 men um but thankfully harry kane found a goal a uh, great passage of play with him and uh, Son. And uh, Erickson. And Erickson, yes. So uh, great to find a goal up 2-1. Um, oh, I guess I completely skipped over the Southampton goal. Yeah, uh, Hugo Lloris caught on the ball, tries to do a <laughs> Johan Cruyff turn, um, and Danny Ings pokes it in. Just just totally and, misses and, the ball on the Cruyff right. turn. And as too. we're talking about Serge Aurier being two-sided, I mean, that's exactly Hugo Lloris. <laughs> he could be one of the best goalkeepers and make some saves that like a select few can mm-hmm. in the world. But then he does this. I mean, you saw it in the World Cup against Croatia. They were up 4-1 at the time, and it didn't really matter, but he kind of puts unnecessary pressure. Mm-hmm. You saw this. He got a red card against Barcelona Champions League last year because he just ran out and brought down him in the third minute. Um, it's just a lot of different things going on with <laughs> Hugo, but he also makes world-class saves. So, I mean, was, you could even see that in the first and second halves. Right, exactly. He, he had some real... Impressive saves. His presence was terrific, right. and but again, yeah, you, and you don't know which Hugo you're getting right at any given minute, not even any given day. Exactly, and he's the captain, and so he kind of bears our responsibility. And so, like you said, I'm sure he got an earful at halftime saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, what the hell are we doing? Like, you got to clean that up. We can't be making those mistakes." And he came out and made some very, very good saves in the second half um, to kind of preserve the lead. Um, the second half was very balanced. Southampton had definitely a few chances. Um, but Spurs were able to hang on for the three points and much needed three points. Somehow they're up to fifth in the table with only one more game. It should be noted we're recording before Arsenal, Man United, which of course will have impacts on the upper half. But right. um, definitely, definitely good to get three points given the fact that Bayern is coming to London this midweek oh, in the Champions League. So we're sweating that kinda, too. Yeah, you've got to get some points. Bayern drew against Werder Bremen at home this weekend so wonderful things haven't been great all around the grounds but um again nonetheless good to get three points for spurs and bounce back yeah um unfortunately for me my bournemouth boys could not hold on to a lead um i made this joke already but who would have thought that bournemouth west ham would be a top six match (laughs) six matchup seven weeks into the league um seven weeks into the season um Gosh, uh, Callum Wilson, still seven goals and seven appearances against West Ham in the Prem. Kept a that guaranteed up. goal against West Ham. It's just much, yeah. pencil him in. And now that we've said that, he's going to never score against West Ham again. I'm so mad. <laughs> um, uh, Josh King, initial goal ruled offside. VAR actually corrected it. I think that's the first time that I've been happy about a VAR decision. <laughs> um, great. Just like Nathan Ake's passing has been yeah. just like Nathan Ake as an attacking factor <laughs> at all is like kind of weird not that he never could do it but just that he's been he's found himself in more positions this early in the season where he's making that last pass or he's getting his head on the ball and um and this I know is a little I think bit of recency of, bias but I like, think of him as a like a, a strict center back but of course in his youth career right. at Chelsea he and again he loaned out yeah he has played uh central defensive mid so he can possess those qualities but Mm -hmm. um again it's always just as someone that owns him in fpl it's always good to see him that comes across but also 
odd that center back is being so involved, but yeah. obviously in a good way. He's also five eleven, so like <laughs> <laughs> we stand our we stand our under six foot kings, or I do. Connor can shut that. No, up. I look down on. Um, Andrei Armalenko, who has been in tremendous form, actually opened the scoring of the game um, with a beautiful fucking curler into the side yeah. netting. Um, Assisted by Hilaire, and yes. so that's kind of the kind of the connection that they're gonna want to see going forward. But I mean, how about Yarmolenko? I mean, he did not play very well in his first season here. Um, a lot of fitness issues, right? To be clear. Uh, from from Dortmund, but he has the talent to be uh, week in and week out a star for West Ham. And yeah, that was I mean, again, beautiful goal, and that was kind of on display. Yeah, I think normally if you're a West Ham fan, you would envision the exchange going the other way, probably with Yarmolenko mm-hmm. feeding into Hilaire. But this is a lot of what Hilaire did for Frankfurt was yeah. they had the Jovic situation and he was feeding, you know, like right. he, he did a fair amount of that. So that's something he can do. Um, six, three is a size. You're never going to complain about. Right, the box. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I would say certainly been a quality signing so far. Hasn't necessarily blown the doors off statistically, but he's, he's been sound. Um, next goal. Like I said, Callum Wilson gets his goal. Josh King with the assist. Um, Bournemouth believe they've gone up 3-1 when Nathan Ake, yet again, blasts one into the net. Turns out it took a deflection off Solanke, who just cannot fucking buy a goal. I feel so bad for the guy, but that's one of those things where you got to get your feet out of the way. Right, you, yeah. You just can't be it, there when your teammate's lining up a shot. Right, and it railed off of him, on, and he was very clearly in an offside position, yeah. and so... Goal rightfully, you'd say, ruled yes, out. But, yeah. um, again, very un- un- unfortunate circumstances yes. given the both the players. So. Um, and after that, West Ham really just sort of seized the reins of the game, dominated possession for probably the last 30, 25 minutes, uh, and that led to the second West Ham goal. Aaron Cresswell just crashes down, on a, cuts in on a run. Steve Cook is just farting off on the other side of the box um doubled up on Ake's man I don't remember who it was might have been Alaire again um but he gets fed from it wasn't Yarmolenko right was it I, I actually don't remember no it was right? Felipe Anderson that's right. ah yes that's right wing, yeah um Felipe Anderson feeds him he just kind of thrashes one and it's past Ramsdale it's just frustrating I mean Bournemouth didn't really create any other great chances beyond that point, and it was obvious that at that point they were just playing for for the draw. West Ham was the hungrier team for right. the last 30 minutes of that match. And it definitely seemed, upon further review of everything, that probably 2-2 was probably a fair result, a yeah. point each. Yeah, I would um, agree. I mean, I'd say definitely both teams had their chances to go forward. Um, but these are... These are definitely... I think we can absolutely slot Bournemouth in this category now. Of, of These are teams that are... Right now, obviously top half, mm-hmm. um, top seven, right? Bournemouth. Yep. Yeah. Seventh. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, these are teams that are fighting to stay there. And so, for a bigger picture, I know for Bournemouth, you, uh, it'll definitely be an unhappy draw, just given the fact that there was a two-one lead that was given, and you thought you had three-one lead, and mm-hmm. it kind of seemed like things were going. Um, and West Ham, some fans may be happy to just get the point there, but this was definitely something where three points were probably up for grabs. Um, and think, these are kind yeah. of the games that that differentiate different differentiate um, <laughs> who's really going to be there on the thirty seventh, thirty eighth match week of who's going to be in 
seventh, eighth versus yeah, that who's going to be in jump spot. Yeah, tenth, eleventh, and so that's kind of a position that both these teams have found themselves in in mm-hmm. the past couple of years, and so um, definitely improved squads though from from last year, and definitely yes. improved positions. Yeah, um, it was good to see Arnaud Danjuma Grunewald back out there. I'm going to use all three of his names because I just don't know which names I'm supposed to use for him anymore. Um, Dutch international from Club Bruges. Um, he didn't really he didn't really do anything spectacular, but he came on late anyway. So the expectation really wasn't for him to change the game. It would have been cool, um, but yeah, I would just say, just like you said, two two, the fair result. I could tell because fans of both teams were really pissed about it, <laughs> and that's pretty much how you know that it was a fair result. If both both fans feel like that's that's points their side should have secured um but yeah that's that's enough on that um i kind of want to throw something in here that we didn't really talk okay. about but okay so chelsea um pretty handily take care of brighton 2-0 um there was penalty scored by Jorginho and then the second goal scored by william um for chelsea some chances for brighton um a couple by some of their youngsters but um in the end uh, again no goals for the side but um tuna for chelsea very youthful side. Callum Hudson-Odoi made his appearance. Um, mm-hmm. I want to ask you, are you worried about Pulisic at Chelsea and his lack of playing time? Because this, um, this is a couple straight well, Premier yeah. League appearances. I mean, or lack, Premier League lack games of, without yeah. an appearance for, for Pulisic, and he's just not being favored by Lampard. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's fair to be worried, but I also think you look at this Chelsea team, and there is so much quality youth. And, you know, I think it's also time for USA fans to kind of look at Pulisic and think, he is the best USA player. That does not mean that he is, like, (laughs) this foundational player in Europe. You know, he... I think it's fair to say that he is not necessarily head and shoulders above above Mason Mount, above Callum Hudson-Odoi, who is now fit, as you said. And they've got a lot of talent on the wings. They've also got veterans. They've got William. They've got Pedro, who both have put in, you know, varying degrees of performances for them. Um, but this isn't new for Pulisic. He was beat out by Jaden Sancho at, at Dortmund too. Um, and right, but it, along that line of thought, he had a very good season at Dortmund, and then the second yeah. season or third, whichever third, one was, the third, latest yeah. season at Dortmund. That was the problem. Is the fact that. They sold, or Dortmund sold Pulisic to Chelsea during the winter, and then of course it was loaned back they the were last, ready last to move spring. On, yeah, but that was the like it wasn't like a like I haven't seen that out of Pulisic yet. Like he got beat up by Sancho and didn't reclaim that spot. Mm-hmm. Like Sancho, I mean, obviously Sancho is extremely talented. His, yeah, We've seen that throughout everything. Been but but this hasn't been something that Pulisic has been like. Okay, yes, I've I've been beaten out of the side, and I've I've gotten here, and I've prove myself and I've gotten that spot his move to Chelsea was supposed to be this okay I've lost my spot here I'm ready for a new opportunity where I can make my spot Mm -hmm. and so the fact that he's still not making it well yeah and it was just like the whole thing of Chelsea of course has been long known as just a club where they kind of spoil their youth Mm -hmm. it's loaned loaned out forever I mean you can see that all of the time before um all of these Uh, or all the transfer bans was that they had to rely on these old veterans and they would just loan the youth out and that Mm -hmm. was the strategy for whatever reason but um 
now that we've seen Lampard come in and there's there's a focus on youth and so and homegrown youth right exactly right. and so you can put all to it of oh well he's playing Mount and he's playing all this just because he was at Derby with Mount and everything mm-hmm. and um, he kind of knows that type of talent and Mount very well I mean based on the performances probably more talented than Pulisic but mm-hmm. um, it's just I, I I know for me I think that it, it is kind of a a gut check like you mentioned that. Just because we over here in the States think Pulisic is the best player to represent our country, that does not mean that he deserves to be immediately guaranteed a spot at, at right. Chelsea. However, I think that um, it's kind of a, a, a big test for him because, I mean, again, going back to, so we see him play in the friendlies and everything for the United States, mm-hmm. and it is obvious that he is the best player yes. for this country it's like, not it is an unbelievable difference that he makes <laughs> and so i think it's 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 easy to make that assumption that that he's such a game changer and everything like that that he can make that change at, at chelsea and of course premier league is much different than playing a friendly against jamaica or something like that um <laughs> trinidad and tobago right um but i just i think that it's kind of gonna be i know he's only been there for like, like a, a month. month and a half <laughs> yeah but but this is going to be his. He's got to. He's got to step up and and prove himself because, um, it, it's it's going to be tough to go from here given the fact that, like you said, he's already been beaten out of Dortmund and he's he's being beaten out right now mm-hmm. at Chelsea and so, um, it's 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 unfortunate. I really want to see him make the side and so it's it's tough seeing him continually left out. Of, of squad after squad uh, for, for, for Chelsea. I know he played in the Carabao Cup, um, but that's just something that we've got to... I mean, it's the Carabao Cup. Right. We've, right. we've got to keep ourselves... <laughs> keep an eye on that just because um, makes me worried. Yeah. I mean, and he came out recently and said that, you know, he had had discussions with Lampard. He expressed his frustration to the media, which is hopefully not a sign that things are taking a turn for the worse, but his conversation, the tone that I read his quotes in because um, I didn't listen to them or anything. Mm-hmm. I just, but the, the way he presented it was that he needs to basically look better in training before, mm-hmm. before Lampard is going to give him his, you know, free reign. And I think that's fair. You know, I'm not, right. uh, I'm in no position certainly to say that Lampard's doing something wrong. Mount has been really good. And, and there's reason to believe that, you know, replacing him with Pulisic is a lateral or downward move. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, you you've said it all, and I won't try to double down. Um, but it's frustrating, it's perspective changing, um, but it is probably Lampard probably knows best. I guess right would be and the I, way I would say it. And I will just leave the conversation with this: is that um, the only thing that really makes me say that is that, given a team of such a youth that he can't break into, which is tough, given the fact that it is supposed to be all about youth and and him being a youthful player you'd kind of expect to break through and so um that obviously again i'm not saying that lampard is not choosing him because of anything besides the fact that he doesn't think he's good enough which um of course is fair um i'm just saying that the fact that throughout this youth movement willian and pedro 32 mm-hmm. and 31 are still being chosen over him is not saying that it's just saying that like you said pulisic needs to put in the performances behind the scenes because um, they bring experience, of course, but we think youth move and all this. Um, but there's clearly a reason that William and Pedro there's are starting, and so yeah. yeah. Um, and so it needs to come down to again Pulisic 
putting in the work behind the scenes. And so um, hopefully he kind of, this kind of, again, is another gut check in, in two or three weeks or even month and a half, two months, um, we're able to see him out there proving himself and things like that. So right. um, we'll see. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. I've obviously, we hope for the best. Um, gosh, what else do we have here? <laughs> uh, we can talk about the one game today, Leicester against Newcastle. Yes. Um, um, maybe not the truest indicator of either side, given that Newcastle was a 10 men, but they looked very uninspired. Leicester looked freaking phenomenal. Yes. Um, <laughs> and this is kind of something that's it's been talked about. This is not a new idea, but Leicester looked good mm-hmm. and i mean that like italics bold maybe caps a lot good um they third are third place good yeah. i mean yeah they are third, third place good and i don't think i mean they've they've earned those games i don't think this is really necessarily cheap cheap wins so much though obviously you know you can say what you want about the newcastle game today but draws at wolves and chelsea to open the season 2-1 win at sheffield 3-1 win at bournemouth where we just got and outclassed uh 1-0 loss to united 2-1 win over spurs and then 5-5-0 over newcastle today um again nothing i mean the spurs win say what you want whether that was a spurs loss or a lester win is up for debate but um they've they've performed well and i mean there's james vardy springs eternal somehow mm-hmm. i don't know how it sure does 31 or 32 that pace hasn't dropped off a cliff right but uh he was clinical today with with two goals um and yeah you mentioned it um again not very not really a litmus test for either side mm-hmm. given um the performance of both but um it was it is interesting to look back kind of at their form um the loss in there being at united and I mean, they did not play well in that game, and they still had chances. Um, they had chances of plenty to equalize mm-hmm. in that game, and so um, it was it was one nil to United, but probably more of a one one type game. But nonetheless, um, like we said, third place, and again today against Newcastle, just storylines. Um, Leicester go one nil up, very very. Uh, clean shot from Ricardo Pereira, the right back, yeah. extraordinary Just into the bottom corner. into the bottom corner. Um, and then, who was it that got sent? Oh, it was uh, Isaac Hayden that gets sent yeah. off for Newcastle after just Stupid. a crunching, crunching yeah. challenge. Studs showing kind of right into the leg. Looks like it almost broke the leg. We thought it broke Dennis yeah, Press' leg, he, he and he was, ended up coming yeah. back. But um, very bad challenge. And then... Uh, the floodgates pretty much opened. Yes, it was, it was it was downhill from that. That's that's why we say that it's really not like you used a litmus test because once it went to ten men, Lester just ran away with it. Right, it was not close. Uh, former Newcastle man, Iosi Perez looked good. Yeah, but I don't know that he contributed directly to anything. Did Nothing he? particularly. Um, no, it was two goals from Vardy, an own goal off of um, I believe it was Paul Dummett, and then. Um, fifth from Wilfred and Didi mm-hmm. um, but again like you've said Leicester look top quality and I, th- I know both of us were surprised to find out that this was their best run to start the season in yeah. something like 20 years or something yeah. like that like so it that was... does if you are counting at home include the year they won the league right exactly <laughs> and so um, 
it's going to be almost impossible for them to pull that off again, just given the talent that City and Liverpool right, have. Yeah. But, I mean, it was almost impossible for them to win it the first time. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, we're, we're not. We're not saying anything. We're not here. saying anything. We're Hands not saying up. that Yosi Perez is the next Riyad Mahrez. <laughs> we're not saying Wilfred and Didi is of the same quality as N'Golo Kante, but they both had goals within like a week, <laughs> so maybe. Um, yeah, I, that, that feels like a tenuous link, but um, yeah, this is regardless. I think it's a fun side to watch. Brendan Rodgers. We knew last year he is fucking phenomenal as a manager, and. That's maintained. Yuri Tielemans still looks really good. Didn't um, didn't contribute to any scoring today, I don't believe. But um, I mean, he's what twenty? Yeah, nineteen. And yeah, he's looked just he's looked right in place. Yeah. I mean, and again, we should mention this is a game that did not feature James Madison, who was out with an ankle injury uh, that he suffered against Spurs. Missed their Carabao Cup game this week. Missed today's game. So again, that's that's what their second or third best player. Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah, and they did this. Right, <laughs> they right. were they were a wrecking ball. Um, so it's just it's interesting because I I don't think people think of Leicester as like the giant killer necessarily anymore, but they're very quietly a good side at pretty much every position. Exactly. Yeah. Right. We were we were kind of going through the team, and um, they're not like you said weak, weak at any yeah. position. Schmeichel, of course is a great keeper. A lot of their back line is kind of turned over. They lost Harry Maguire. You might think, okay, but Ricardo Pereira, Ben Chilwell. Soyuncu. Yeah, Soyuncu. Yeah, exactly. Can... <laughs> the new, the Turkish Maguire. Right. And so, Turkish delight. Um, that's obviously the plus side looking at that game. The, the other side is looking at the fact that Steve Bruce and Newcastle are in trouble. <laughs> I mean, we can, we can kind of tie this into rolling into our relegation picture um, for the week, but... But, I mean, Newcastle have a real, real problem. And you can say it's the manager. Um, I mean, I hands up, I have no idea what the problem is. I, you got to think it kind of goes partly to Steve Bruce. Yeah. But there's just no Yeah, but also, I just don't this. know how much there was that he was able to do transfer-wise. Right. I think you have to... Right. But there's a certain level that you felt like there wasn't a lot of turnover between mm-hmm. last year's Newcastle squad and this one. Like, sure... You lose Salomon Rondon and you lose Iosi Paris. That was stupid from from Mike Yeah, Ashley. doubly stupid. That was stupid. Rondon was in, the only thing keeping them alive last year. Right. <laughs> but you bring in Joel Linton and you bring in St. Maximum. And so you kind of not expect them to replace that, but you expect there to be kind of a buoy of that hurt, but we've still got some new blood. Um Playing in those, those same positions with similar skill sets. You know. Right, and those were signings that Newcastle fans did not expect. That was kind of a huge shot in the arm to the to the expectations mm-hmm. for the season. And so so that's why you, I kind of feel like it is on the manager a little bit, mm-hmm. just with there had to be an energy that and style that, um, God, what's his name? Rafa Benitez oh, okay. uh, was instilling. I wasn't sure if you were looking for Steve Bruce uh, again. No, <laughs> that Rafa Benitez was instilling in the side last year to get them to where they were versus this season and just i mean i know they beat spurs and i watch every single time they fucking play and i cannot believe that newcastle beat spurs um but they're just there's a lack of energy i mean it was nil nil against brighton brighton absolutely deserved to win it's it says a lot about brighton that they didn't win that game but um we'll get to that (laughs) so they didn't i mean it was a nil nil game they just had no inspiration going forward and then today, I mean, there was negative inspiration going forward. There's just a ton of mistakes at the back, just 
again, it doesn't help when you're with 10 men, but Newcastle are in trouble. So, I mean, how about we just roll that into relegation picture? Yeah, we may as um, well. I don't really want to talk about the Carabao Cup nightmares, to be honest. Yeah, Spurs and Bournemouth lost. Here you go. Yeah. Fucking deal with it. Bournemouth had uh, 28 minutes of stoppage time after. <laughs> I mean, I honestly couldn't believe it. I remember getting like the seeing the tweet or whatever from the Bournemouth social account. I was like, we don't know what happened. No one knows what time it is. Um, basically, the lights went out three separate times at the Burton Albion pitch and it was a night game and whatever the fuck i mean i don't know it was weird it was it, it was That's so cool. exquisitely care about cup football <laughs> distilled into a single experience that i can't even really be that mad about right. it um oh. and you know this is this is the same competition to to quote a friend of mine that arsene wenger smiled every time his side got eliminated because he fucking hated the Carabao cup it's such a garbage competition um, it is and Spurs lost to Colchester in penalties. Yeah, and laugh, you may be saying... Laugh whatever you yeah. fucking want. You may be saying to yourselves, we're just salty because our team's lost. Yeah, we are. You would be too. Shut up. Uh, anyway. Exactly. Relegation picture. Newcastle. This was the only team that you and I both agreed... No, we agreed at... No, we didn't. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it was <laughs> we two agreed. Other. Yeah, you're right. Only on Newcastle. It was... I. We were working this out before the podcast. I said, Newcastle's on your list, right? He said, yes. Zero hesitation. That was that. Yeah. Um, just down to what we just talked about. No uh, inspiration. No life. Absolutely no heart. Um, which is a shame yeah. to see Miguel Almiron come from the MLS, kind of rooting for him to buoy a name in MLS. And he was he was pretty decent last season, too, in, in limited, you know, Right, and experience. he hasn't been bad this season. There's just, again, there's no life. So there's Newcastle, for sure. Um, um, actually, I would rank how nervous you are in Steve Bruce Grunt's for Newcastle season, I think I'm like a. Mm, ah, mm, mm, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I'd that's go. A, a, I think that's six grunts. I'd go a, six grunts out of ten. I go. A, oh dear me. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what he says every day at training. <laughs> he's, he's just watching, <laughs> like the ghost of Fabian Char's ankles. <laughs> and thinking, dear oh. me. <laughs> um, if, for those of you that don't necessarily understand what we're talking about, there is a Twitter video compilation out there of just sounds that Steve Bruce makes getting up and sitting down in chairs. <laughs> and it's art. It is like oh. the highest brow performance art I've ever seen. Oh. Um, it it's, really it's the is. Borat of Premier League media. Anyway, Newcastle, unanimous, two for two. They are done. Now we're going to save their season. <laughs> right, right. Rondon's, yeah, exactly. Rondon's going to come back in January and score 80. Goalie curse. Um, this, I, we will, I guess, exchange now. I'll, I'll yeah. give one of mine. You'll give one of yours. Um, I am very much still in on Watford going down. They have <laughs> a nauseating goal differential, helped, obviously, by the notable and overmentioned City thrashing. But... They've scored, what, four goals this season, I think you said? Mm-hmm. Yep. Four goals, we are seven games in. You want to tell me how you plan on staying up when you were scoring four-sevenths of a goal a match? <laughs> I was going to do the decimal, but I couldn't do it fast enough. Um, I don't know. It's like 6-1 or 5-8. Uh, That's going to be 5-6. Okay. I was close. 0. 0.14, 0. 0.28, yeah. All right. He does math. Um, I just... Uh, there are quality players in this side. I promise. There are. <laughs> and 
I'm just realizing we skipped over our five-a-side segment. We will well, do I that. would figure we'd okay, end we will that, do that yeah. last. Um, but one of them does make my five-a-side. And I get the, the feeling that they should be better than this. And I think it's fair to say that they should be better than this. But they aren't. <laughs> and at a certain point, we have to accept that maybe our perceptions of the players on this team are not lining up with the reality of the players of this team. And I think that's where I'm at. I would consider myself disillusioned enlightened perhaps and one day you will join me on this mountain but for now you would like to rail against well i just want to i want to say the most popular defense of watford the season i mean i was looking at their past results and i completely forgot that they lost three nil to brighton on the opening day at (laughs) home that's that's deadly then they lose to everton lose to west ham draw with newcastle which in that defense newcastle's goal should have been ruled out var messed that up and then of course Having Gracia gets fired, bring in Kike Sanchez Flores. New manager boost, one yeah, game. 2 2 with Arsenal, 8 <laughs> 0 against City, uh, and then 2 0 against Wolves. And again, I watched the highlights from that, and Watford had a number of chances, and it just. And the only reason I'm not putting them in that is because I think De La Feo is honestly the talent to carry this team. Mm. Um, Pereira as well, and we've there's just too many players of quality, I feel like, on there. I mean, we've seen teams like that go down before, but yeah. um, I just think that. Seeing the fir- the first goal, they got destroyed. Wolves cut them open pretty much. Mm-hmm. But the second goal was an own goal off of Janmont, and it's just kind of like a flicked head around by the Wolves player, and then Janmont has no time to react and heads it in- into his own goal. And when I see that, it just seems like one of those periods where it's just all kind of going wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, for for Everything's Watford. breaking bad. Right, versus anything like that. And so I think if they weather this storm... Um, they don't exactly have the easiest run of fixtures coming up. I mean, they have Sheffield United at home, and then they go to Spurs. They have Bournemouth, Chelsea at home, and then they go to Norwich. So it's not it's not the easiest run, but there are some points to be had there. And if the Watford of last season shows up, um, I the think FA they can Cup survive. finalist Watford. Well, no FA. <laughs> well, yes, getting there, yes, they got destroyed by yeah. City there as well. But um, so my te- my second team that I think is going down is still it hurts me to say it, to be honest it's got to be Norwich City the fan um, favorite team this season right voting I, against it's it's real tough it's just this is kind of what Norwich have all been about if you think about <laughs> their last or their past Premier League history That's fair. it's been able to pull out really good results or very close results like this season I mean result of the season by far beating City mm-hmm. um, yeah. But you, you, you tie that in with a lot of just eh, mediocrity. Not great results. Like yeah. this, um, pardon my scrolling. No. Um, but just, again, 2 0 loss to Palace. 2 0 loss to Burnley. Again, beating City. 2 0 loss to West Ham. Lost to Chelsea. They lost to Liverpool. And a lot of those aren't bad losses if you're a newly promoted side. Mm-hmm. They've had a tough run of fixtures to open the season. They I will sure give them have. That. Yeah, they sure have. Um, and of course, that's paired with a win against Newcastle. <laughs> However, these last two games kind of scare me because they beat City, and it's kind of like, Norwich, you've done it. You yes. bastards, you've got in there and you've done it. Right. Um, but to come out with that and have 2-0 loss against Burnley and then and then 2-0 loss against Palace, yeah. that's just that kind of gets me. And we were, we were actually talking about this in the car on Saturday about um, – they're kind of like a Wolves, but not as good. Like yes. they, can, they can they can turn up and they almost beat Chelsea. Um, they played better than the four one scoreline against Liverpool says, 
mm-hmm. and of course they beat City, and so it's like oh big big six uh, giant killer pretty much. Um, but it's just these these lack of performances against the bottom sides. That's who you're going to end up competing against when it comes to the 36, 37, 38th match week. And so I, I just think Norwich aren't quite going to have enough, especially given the injuries that they've had happen. It was unbelievable that they pulled it off against City given those injuries, but I think that that's kind of starting to wear on them now. Um, the fact that these past two games they haven't been able to pick up points and haven't been able to score a goal. So Norwich are my second team. All right. I mean, obviously, I'm hoping you're wrong. I would love for more Pookie, uh-huh. um, but I can see where you might be right. Anyway, my third team is Brighton, now without beloved Republic of Ireland <laughs> international coach Chris Hutton. They look lackadaisical. Um, to say that they're forgettable feels like an understatement. I think they're the team that has not been so shockingly bad that mm-hmm. they are noticeable on that scale, but they certainly have not been good, and they certainly have not been average. They have been, I would say, safely bad, um, and that is worrisome. Um, I think with a team like Norwich, erratic is better than static. And having kind of a variance where you can pull out these wins is a lot more beneficial, obviously, I mean, just from a mathematics standpoint, more beneficial than getting a few draws and then losing a shitload of games. Um, I don't know that Brighton will ever put themselves in a position to, like, to basically do what Norwich did. Um, Obviously, that's still, like, not a barometer for what Norwich is as a team, but just in the style that they play. Um... I'm sorry. Now I'm the one that's that's scrolling because I have to find their run of form. But it's been bad yes. since beating Watford. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was their opener: three nil win over Watford, one one draw at West Ham, two nil loss to Southampton, four nil loss to Man City. I honestly, I'm starting to just not even count those games for like mm-hmm. lower half teams because it's like, yeah, I do, duh. Yeah. Um, one one draw to Burnley that I actually think it relative to their other results is a pretty good result for them uh nil nil draw to newcastle which if you can't put a goal on newcastle yikes and then two nil loss to chelsea i just think i mean so many of these they've yet to score more than one goal in a game outside of watford Mm -hmm. that's pretty freaky um so good luck i mean maybe they figure it out i just i don't think there are enough game changers there going forward to really bail them out well for me final one is aston villa again poaching on the two of the newly promoted sides um and to be honest i think that i'd like to see aston villa stay up um i think that they are just good for the premier league um and i i was kind of hard pressed for a third team i was thinking brighton i was I had half agreed with Will, and then I had pulled out at the last minute and chosen Aston Villa instead, because um, I, I do believe in a lot of the problems that Will brought up. Um, but Aston Villa, they started off the season with two losses to Spurs and, and Bournemouth, respectively. Beat beat Everton, lost to Palace, which, to be honest, they were kind of um, broken. I mean, there was a goal they scored at the end, which was ruled out for diving, which wasn't diving so they kind of were gypped a point there um 
Yeah, that was a tough one. Nil-nil with West Ham. They blew a lead against Arsenal and then uh, 2-2 draw with Burnley. And so I just I don't know if they're quite going to have enough given the fact that, again, I, I keep talking about it. 36, 37, 38th week. Um, are you going to have or will you excuse me have picked up the results that matter and so for Villa some of these results you can already kind of see them looking back and saying eh, we kind of needed those three points against Crystal Palace or we kind of needed to hold on to that lead against Arsenal and so they have talent all around the pitch Tyrone Mings John McGinn all those um it's just, at the moment, I need to see a little bit more from Aston Villa um, with regards to putting teams away, but also not dropping points like that. Like I, it, It's kind of weird to see a promoted team like this, but I almost kind of expect them to go in and beat Burnley or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when they don't, it's a bit surprised. But they've, they've got Norwich and they've got Brighton, who we've just both listed as relegation fodder, perhaps, mm-hmm. before they've got City and Liverpool. So uh, that... That, chance to claw out of the danger right, zone right yeah. but um we'll see uh hot that's, takes yeah i mean that's takes exposed that's uh, really what it is yeah out. that i mean that's gonna be our reaction every week really is we'll see there's right. always a chance for these teams to to pull themselves out and and we'll slot in a new name next week you know exactly um but right now that's where we're at all right we're gonna close with the fun segment hopefully this is fun for people listening um we are picking our five-a-side teams. Um, there was a little bit of disagreement about the positions in five-a-side. Um, we are agreeing, not necessarily that these are the de facto positions, but these are the positions we're using. Um, we will be opting for a goalie, and that is the only requirement, that one of them must be a goalie. Um, do you want to start? Yeah, and so I should say that Will and I's picks are only from the bottom half of the table. Yeah, um, we, uh, we had one fan submit his picks not sure if we're gonna read them because it's not even close to, <laughs> to what to what we built like it is his, well let's just read off the yeah. top De Gea, vvd um kdb to avoid acronyms that's a virgil van dyke and kevin de bruyne right uh pogba and lukaku who, who is, i am not sure that this listener realized plays for inter milan right. now so, <laughs> um we love our fan submissions but um yeah, we thought it would be a bit tougher and a bit more interesting because that's a very good team. Uh, we thought it would be a bit interesting to kind of pull only from the bottom half, and yeah. so given the fact that we're only now seven weeks in and we started thinking about this six weeks in, um, mm-hmm. we kind of had to do a little bit of shifting. And um, Man United are currently in the bottom half as we record, so we kind of we're gonna shift ignore them it. Out. They're a top six club. What's the fun? Honestly, right. exactly. You want us to take Pogba? Do you really? Exactly. So uh, I'll start with mine. Um, for my goalie, do Rui Patricio. I think that um, one of the best keepers on the bottom half side. I think, um, yeah, pretty substantially. Probably right. top two in the bottom half. Right. Um, anchoring the back two, uh, Tyron Mings, who, of course, formed Bournemouth Boy, but now Aston Villa is kind of the key to that entire defensive structure. Yep. Uh, played played much, much better than I expected him to in the Premier League. Same. Um, <laughs> and he's alongside John Egan, who is Sheffield United's anchor. And I kind of just think of him as kind of Brighton's uh, dunk and things like that. And just oh, yeah. the equivalent to he's going to be under pressure a lot, but he's usually rather calm and collected. Um, and again, another big um, clearance man at the back. Um, then midfields, I just did kind of a 
John McGinn, we just kind of mentioned him for Aston Villa. Uh, he, he loves a goal against a big club, scored against Spurs, scored against Arsenal. Um, and he has shown why a lot of other larger clubs want him. Yeah. And followed by a player that I am in love with. Yeah. Um, he's been out with injury, but Moose Janempo, who's uh, Southampton signed. Um, the new Mane. Exactly. As we so take he's been dubbed. Um, but he has been phenomenal. He's already got two goals. Unfortunately, he's been out with a thigh injury, I believe. Yep. Um, and so I'm not sure what the return date on that is. I haven't but, seen um, it either. Um, I'm not sure that they've made it known, actually. Right. So. But uh, he's been fun to watch. And Super it be exciting. Very, very interesting to see um, if anyone poaches him or if he's continued to grow at Southampton. Yeah. Um, two, right off the bat, I'll get into my team. We shared two picks at the back. Rui Patricio, for reasons like we said. If you're going to limit yourself to the bottom half of the table, it is hard to find a better keeper than Patricio, who has been Wolves' man of the match more often than not. Not that that's saying much because Wolves have been slow, like you know what I mean. He's he's doing his best, Um, and his best is very good. I also hopped on the Tyrone Mings trade. This was easy for me. Uh, I'm just really happy that he's doing well. I do, in hindsight, wish we got more money for him because Mm -hmm. he has probably already outplayed his uh, his transfer fee. But, you know, what's in the past is in the past. He's better than Steve Cook. I try not to think about it. Um, next to Mings, I'm in a 2-2, actually. So is Fabian Cher. This is because we really only need Tyrone Mings to play defense, and then Fabian <laughs> Cher can shoot. Right. Uh, <laughs> I figured, you know, Cher is good. He is, I would safely say, the best center back at Newcastle. Mm-hmm. But that's like being... I don't know. I don't want to say anything really insulting. Um, it's like the being... Pete Davidson, the world's smartest horse. <laughs> yes, exactly. The world's smartest horse. Um, so that is that. I figure that Mings is much more of a stay at the back center back, and Cher is a much more go forward and do things center back. And I think maybe that would work to my advantage in a five side setting. Um, I don't know. You know, obviously, I, I might not even know how to play five aside, given the positional debate that we had. Um, next to those guys, or above those guys, I guess, in this formation would be Richarlison, who Everton have now slipped firmly into the bottom half. I think when I initially was making this list, I had Zaha, and he and Crystal Palace are now in the upper half, unbelievably. Um, but Richarlison is the pick. Virtually has no weak foot, can play anywhere on the pitch. Great work rates, great stamina, great physicality. Can jump out of the freaking arena. Um, just uh, limitless utility. I love him. Um, <laughs> you're making a... Nope. On to your next one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I wish this was a video podcast. Um, and then my final one, playing next to Richarlison, Gerard Delafeu. The Spaniard, like you were saying earlier, probably the best Watford player yes. um, a holdover from the older Barcelona it feels like an old Barcelona team now doesn't it um, sure does but feel old yet yeah feel old yet Gerard Delafeu used to be teammates with Lionel Messi um, but Delafeu has finally come into his own um, and probably could play for Barcelona now given kind of the rough stretch they're in but he's here and uh I, I don't know. He's he's shifty. He's fast. He can finish. He knows how to cut. 
and he's going to have the responsibility of scoring the goals to get them out of this, yes, he is, this rut. So He, he and Richarlison both have had a lot of... They know yeah. what it's like to have Watford's hopes and dreams pinned on them. Exactly, so, right, exactly. Um, so yeah, it would be those two reminiscing about the good old days. And yeah, I don't think either of our teams stand a shot now against... <laughs> Well, maybe against Lukaku. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Pogba, De Bruyne, yeah. Van Dijk, De Gea is kind of a cheat code. But that's why we did these teams, because otherwise we would just be saying Van Dijk, you know, Alexander-Arnold, I don't know. But Leave Riyad us a Mons. comment. Who do you yeah. think would win? Yeah, right. I don't know where you're going to leave it. Leave it on the message board. Reach out to us on Twitter. Send us an email. <laughs> I am at WMuckian. Um, please don't follow me if you're a nerd, dork, or geek. I don't need any of that. But that, I mean, that concludes this podcast. It's it's one in the morning. I just Connor has to go to work tomorrow. I have to drive home tomorrow. I've got to work in the morning. I have to work in like seven hours. So, so that's that. So we're sorry for not uh, including Man United Arsenal, but uh, we'll catch you uh, after next week's action. Yeah. All right. Bye.